Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Thank you, Father, for giving us these wonderful revelations of things that have happened or are happening and uh, things to come. And we praise you and thank you, Lord. We're not going to be caught by surprise on any of this stuff. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, I'm going to share with you uh, a revelation concerning a change of fortunes for the man-child and bride. Amen. First revelation we called uh, the deep state plan to rob the people. This is Winnie Asageda, 12-4-2002. I dreamt that my husband Chuck and I were driving through the city streets. And we believe this represents a world Babylon. There were a few large black SUVs that were in front of us, which suddenly turned sideways in order to block the road so that we and others would not be able to drive through. I knew in the dream that they were what they were about to do. As we will see, uh, the black SUVs represent deep state government forces who are trying to hijack the people and the banking system. And um, Cyrus, who we know Trump is a type of, was shown the stolen hidden riches of Babylon mentioned in Isaiah 45. Trump discovered these riches and repatriated them, which in effect he will use to rebuild the kingdom of God um, like Cyrus did. Hmm. Masked men wearing black from head to toe came out of the SUVs with large guns in order to rob people, particularly the large armored truck to our left, which was transporting money for the banks. Okay, they, of course, have been trying to rob (laughs) the uh, truck uh, that translates into uh, robbing the people who have money in the banks and also blocking the road from people passing through could represent preventing people from accessing their money in the banks. Okay, well, we have some knowledge about this that we can't really say right now, but it will all come to pass here pretty quick. They made all the cars stop whether they were going to rob that specific car or not. However, Chuck and I decided not to be afraid and to keep driving. (laughs) Chuck drove through a gap on the right, and we made it through the roadblock. 
The masked men began to shoot at the back of our car, and although our car was hit, the bullets did not penetrate, and we were unharmed. I remember calling on the name of Jesus while we were driving away. So anyway, it sounds like you can call on the name of Jesus to prevent them from uh, robbing the bank, so to speak, which we know from history they failed, right? So, and also here, staying on the right represents access to God's protection. And then I woke up, she said. And she received these verses by faith at random. Deuteronomy 10 and 17, For the Lord your God, He is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, the mighty, and the terrible, who regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. Proverbs 16 and 9, A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Well, the deep state thinks uh, might is right, but when it comes to God's people who trust in him, uh, his might comes into play, right? Um, and a verse Chuck received by faith at random was John 3 and 19. And this is the judgment, that the light is come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their works were evil. Mm-hmm. Then we got another revelation, uh, the deep state serpent coming to constrict Babylon. And this was given to Marie Kelton, twelve nine twenty two. During our meeting, as we were praying, I closed my eyes and I saw a vision of a huge brown and black boa constrictor. It was slithering down a rocky cliff going towards a city, that was below the cliff. Well, we recently had a factious man uh, rail at us that we weren't going to constrict him, he said, <laughs> which I knew he was identifying himself here. Uh, he became a Judas, and Judas also went over a cliff when he hung himself and fell into a caldema, which was the field of blood, Right? because he was guilty of innocent blood. And this also seems to fit the, fact, the factious in the church and state. Okay, God's going to take care of the Judases. Um, the city buildings looked like brown, like they were made out of clay or sand. Well, <laughs> light brown was the color of Hitler's Nazi uniforms. And uh, these people all act, whether it's uh, church or state, as a bunch of Nazis, that they have control over you, and they're going to exercise this, and they're going to do this, and they're going to do that, and they're going to lie, steal, chill, whatever, you know. Also, Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty six through 27, And every one that heareth these words of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So this was all, their buildings were sand, right? Clay or sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and smote upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall thereof. Yes, we have watched this happen. The city looked like it was in a desert. There was little water and not many trees. 
Well, the old serpent, the dragon, and his factious minions are being cast down through our prayers. And uh, he will not be able to save his Nazi uh, city of Babylon. And they are falling together. Amen. So, the old, this next revelation was given to Tiana Fire, 12, 13, 22, and we called it the old serpent seeks to devour the bride and man child. Yes, we know that from Revelation 12 is correct. And I dreamt Samuel and I were visiting a town called Dysart, meaning isolated, desert, waste. We walked around to the back of a shop to find a trash bin. Well, God's uh, true disciples seek to rid themselves of all worldly Babylonish garbage, right? We found an enclosed area that led us through this big corridor to a covered area. The roof was plastic and partially transparent and there were heaps of leaves on top of it, uh, probably preventing the light of the S-U-N slash S-O-N from getting through. Mm-hmm. And uh, towards the left was a dirty red car parked that looked like it hadn't been used in an extremely long time. And she said, representing, I believe, the apostates that have fallen away from the crucified life, like those leaves, you know, no longer able to take in the sun. So she said, representing their lives are stagnant in this town and almost completely buried under the carnality and death of the world. So... The dead leaves represent wintertime, I believe, which is the Bible, which the Bible says in uh, is tribulation. And dead leaves can no longer take in the light of the sun, S-U-N or S-O-N, representing the word. Samuel was holding our baby, David, and he went to walk over to another section that had green wheeled trash bins. Samuel went over there to uh, put the trash in a bin, and I watched from over near the car. Well, the baby David is I probably means the man-child that uh, is coming forth from the bride. And uh, this is all representing sanctification and getting rid of the Babylonish waste from our lives, right? The trash bins. Um, then I saw two brown snakes slither out, but Samuel didn't see them. They slipped straight past him and came towards me. I then saw a yellow snake and a black snake come out from under the dirty red car towards my left. And they went in front of me. And she said, the snakes represent the enemies that surround us. They, and, and truly, they go on in this revelation to do that. Uh, but also, I think that the left is where Jesus placed all the apostate, rebellious goats. Both Jesus and John the Baptist referred to the factious leadership 
as vipers. Okay. I shouted to Samuel about the snakes, and he turned and looked at them. Then our son David jumped from his arms onto the ground, and the snakes slid around him, but they couldn't bite him. Well, little David here, I believe, represents the man-child whom the enemy will try to destroy. As we know in Revelation chapter 12, the dragon is seeking, the dragon, the old serpent, is seeking to do this. Uh, but of course, you will not be able to. And the Pharisees were afraid to publicly, to come publicly against Jesus because his wisdom was beyond them, right? Then, uh, she said, many more snakes appeared and came over towards us. Mm hmm. They're out there. <laughs> and uh, David crawled to me, and I picked him up, and Samuel came over to us. And although the snakes were slithering all over the ground and around him, he never once stepped on one of them. Well, the demons in these serpents caused them to come against Satan's enemies. And God uses the faction very much to come against and try to destroy uh, first the man-child in Revelation 12 and then the woman, right? The snakes tried to intimidate us by looking like they were going to bite us, opening their mouths wide and moving their tongues and showing off their fangs, but they never bit us. And then she said this represents the enemy spreading their Fear, lies, and intimidation. We must put on our spiritual armor and guard ourselves from the wickedness and the venomous poison of the enemy. Amen. And she got uh, Psalm 140 and 3. They have sharpened their tongue like a serpent. Adder's venom is under their lips. Selah. Also, Mark 16 and 18, And in their hands they shall take up serpents, and if they drink uh, any deadly thing, it shall in no wise hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. It will no wise hurt them, right? Well, thank you, Lord, for the victory and the protection of the Lord Jesus against all these enemies. I was getting attacked with fear, but I was trying to reject it and stay calm. Samuel said we needed to leave and told me to just walk slowly and calmly out the same way that we came in. Well, they came in seeking sanctification, which is the only escape from the torments and tactics of the enemy. And she went on to say, The snakes followed us and kept moving around our feet, even though they looked so close to us, they couldn't touch or bite us. But they were trying to intimidate us. Remember, uh, fear hath torment. And what Job said uh, about uh, his enemies was, um, um, The thing I greatly feared has come upon me. Right? So fear is faith in reverse, right? You don't want to do it. 
So when we were going through the corridor to get out, we stopped for a moment, and Samuel turned around and stepped on the head of one of the brown snakes, and it died straight away. Well, we know from the Scripture we must bruise its head with our heel, representing our walk of faith in spiritual warfare, or we won't win the battle, right? And she gave Luke 10 and 19. Lo, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. He then stamped his foot on another, and it wiggled around for a bit, but then died. Yep, Genesis 3 and 15. Yeah, is what came to me, and that, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. He shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Amen. Then a giant snake slithered over to us. It was ten times bigger than all the other ones. Its head was a bright yellow and green, and its body a bright purple. I believe that this probably represents Satan himself who has appeared to men as a beautiful angel of light. He is the old serpent who will try to devour the woman and her man-child in Revelation 12, but will fail. I was holding a little David when this snake came to us and we were supernaturally lifted up off of the ground but still inside this covered area. And uh, she has in parenthesis, the bride and man-child are kept safe and are hidden. This is true. The, uh, the wicked dwell on the earth, and they are at the mercy of the beast. Right? Revelation thirteen seven and 8 says, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And there, of course, this is their flesh, right? And there was given to him authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation. And all that, notice, dwell on the earth shall worship him every one whose name hath not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of the life of the Lamb that hath been slain. But the bride abides in heavenly places and in safety. Ephesians 2 and 6 says, And he raised us up with him and made us to sit with him in heavenly places in Christ. So therefore, they were lifted up above this evil enemy. Amen. And she gives Revelation twelve five and 6. It says, And she was delivered of a son, a male, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and unto his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath there a place prepared of God that there they may nourish her a thousand two hundred and threescore days. The snake kept moving its head around, and on the top of its head it had a big hole. 
This snake didn't show off its fangs like the other smaller ones, but instead it kept aiming the hole on the top of his head at Samuel, and each time it would spew out venom at him. Well, Satan uses those who have the mind of the flesh because it's at enmity with God. Amen. And Samuel casually moved out of the way each time, and the venom couldn't get onto him. And when the enemy can't directly attack or intimidate, he will desperately try anything to spread his lies. Yes. So she went on to say, we ended up just opening the gate. We came in through and walking out. The snakes couldn't follow us out of the gate. And we were all safe, praise be to God. Well, Satan cannot deceive those that come out from among them. He can't do it. Praise be to God. If you keep coming out, you can't be deceived. You have to keep walking in the light as he is in the light, right? Okay, and then Missy got this very interesting revelation, twelve three twenty two. And we called it Man-Child at Death's Door. Hmm. I was in David's house observing. I knew it was David's house, but it didn't look like it was his house. Well, I would say that it is the house of David as a type of the larger Man-Child Reformers. David was in a bed covered up and frail-looking, like he was at death's door. It hardly looked like him. And I believe this is representing the death of the man, child David's old man, in preparation for the catching up to the throne of resurrection life. And uh, this will be a great change of fortunes for the man, child, and bride initially, and then for the church. But as I mentioned, um, uh, the last Judas that um, tried to usurp the kingdom ahead uh, of Solomon, uh, and David, of course, in his old age, uh, um, put Solomon on his horse and rode him through the city and ordained him before the other man could take possession. And so, uh, and of course, Solomon himself ended up killing this usurper, right? Uh, and at the time, by the way, uh, David was still alive. Mm-hmm. So, again, I believe this will be a great change of fortunes for the man-child and bride, and then for the church. There were a lot of brothers and sisters around him, and he was talking to them about something, but I didn't hear what he said. And after a bit, everyone left. Well, John 6, 6, 6, <laughs> dash 71, from 666 to verse 71. Well, notice 666 represents a departure of the factious among the disciples. This has happened with the faction, okay? And upon this, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Jesus said, therefore, unto the twelve, 
would you also go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we have believed and know that thou art the Holy One of God. And Jesus answered them, Did not I choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? Now he spake of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Amen. We've had these Judases over the years, and we knew that's who they were. They were identified in our dreams and revelations and so on. And, of course, when they tried to hide their sin uh, and got caught, they were exposed and uh, got very angry. (laughs) So I went over to Michael, who was laying on his back on the kitchen counter. So she first saw David, and uh, he was very old, uh, like almost passing away, right? And then she went over to see Michael laying on his back on the kitchen counter with his head at the corner. Now, we know Jesus was the head of the corner, right? And his legs stretched out across the countertop, and he had on a blue jeans. Well, we know Michael means who is like God. A corner is also a turning point, like the death of Self brings resurrection, which is a turning point, a change of fortunes. And also, uh, resting on his back puts his eyes towards heaven, meaning his expectation and faith is in God. And the kitchen is the place to prepare spiritual food, which the man-child body will bring to the church. Amen. And there were items scattered around him, that is Michael, but it wasn't clear what they were. They didn't look like the shape of pots and pans, because uh, obviously Michael is a very good cook. (laughs) Pots and pans are a natural way to prepare food. Spiritual food is prepared by God's methods, which don't look anything like the ways of man, right? I said to him, You're in one corner, and David is in the other. So we were both in corners, right? The corners are turning places where walks and provisions will be changed for the better. And uh, I believe was just an observer in this dream because I didn't interact with anyone, and Michael didn't respond when I spoke to him. Okay? Missy said, then David had gotten out of bed, and I saw that he was wearing a white T-shirt and white and red print pajama bottoms, representing being uh, dressed in righteous works, and uh, the red on the pajama bottoms represents a blood-washed and rested walk. Here was nothing but, he was nothing but skin and bones. Well, when the flesh life is dead and gone, then the resurrection comes, right? Skin and bones. And David went to the other end of the countertop from Michael, and there was a wooden safe under the countertop. I knew he wanted to check and see if he could open it. 
it didn't look like a normal safe because it had a latch on it that he pulled straight out and it opened. He didn't open the door wide, but just enough to know that he could get into it when he needed to. Amen. Well, I believe that um, access to funds for the ministry will be available to the resurrected man-child Davids. Um, And then someone was at the door, and he went and opened it, and it was Merlene. She had a smile on her face as she walked in, and David asked her something like, Did you bring the $180? She said, Yes. Well, um, Missy said 180 is a play on words like making a 180-degree turnabout, right? Yes, this is what happens with this resurrection life, a 180-degree turnabout. But if you take that we were both in corners, which were 90 degrees, two 90-degree corners that Michael and David were in equals a 180-degree turnabout. (laughs) Everything will change for the man-child reformers and those who follow them. The uh, 180-degree turnabout at the uh, death of the man-child and the corners represents a total turnabout of situations, authority, power, fortunes, etc. The verses at random below also imply this total turn around regarding enemies and fortunes. So she said, I asked the Lord for verses by faith at random for the dream and received Isaiah 14 and 28. In context, 28 through 32. In the year that King Ahaz, who was the father of Hezekiah, died, was this burden. Rejoice not, O Philistia, all of thee, because of the rod that smote thee is broken. For out of the serpent's root shall come forth an adder. And his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. So the enemies of God's people, and especially Zion, will be judged. They will not escape as they thought. Right. And uh, 30. And the firstborn of the poor shall feed, and the needy shall lie down in safety and I will kill thy root with famine, and thy remnant shall be slain. Howl, O gate, cry, O city, thou art melted away, O Philistia, all of thee, for there cometh a smoke out of the north, and there is no straggler in his ranks. What then shall one answer, uh, the messengers of the nation? that the Lord hath founded Zion, and in her shall the afflicted of his people take refuge. So Zion, the bride city, shall have a rebirth and a great change of fortunes. They will once again be a leader of God's people, for the David man-child will be crowned. Okay, But the Philistines will be taken down by uh, the beast. 
Zechariah 8 and 10, in context 9 through 13. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Let your hands be strong, ye that bear in these days these words from the mouth of the prophets that were in the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid. Well, we've had quite a few revelations and prophecies concerning this, and we are there again now to lay the foundation of the house, right? Even the temple that it might be built. For before those days there was no hire for man nor any hire for beast. Sounds kind of like these days, doesn't it? (laughs) Neither was there any peace to him that went out or came in because of the adversary. For I set all men, every one, against his neighbor. Again, we're there now again. Hmm. The fortunes will change for the better. Verse 11. But now I will not be unto the remnant of this people as in former days, says the Lord of hosts. For there shall be the seed of peace, and the vine shall give its fruit and the ground shall give its increase. In other words, they will bear fruit. And the heavens shall give their due, and I will cause the remnant of this people to inherit all these things. And it shall come to pass that as you were a curse among the nations, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you, and you shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. Amen. So, Michael and I asked if the coming of the man-child would be soon, and we got um, heads for yes three times. And uh, I asked on December the 8th, is the man-child coming now? And received Psalm 11, 7b. The upright shall behold his face. <laughs> yeah, amen. And also had asked uh, the angel Baruch, is the man-child coming? And he answered, surely. That's what he said. So, uh, the bank situation may be a sign of the man-child coming and related to... Uh, the safe dream, too, here. Um, she said, I put my phone on shuffle, and the first song was, Even So Come. <laughs> Meaning, come Lord Jesus, right? So this is a confirmation of the dream. And uh, she said, last night I was looking at my dream about the embers of judgment falling out of the sky while I was holding my grandson, Maverick, all swaddled up, who wasn't born yet at the time. So evidently that could be a part of the prophecy too, right? I know that from the time of that dream, I felt things would happen soon, especially hoping the man-child would be anointed. And as we know, when that happens, there are blessings and judgment against the enemies. Amen. 
Well, this is Vanessa Weeks, Revelation 12, 1, 22. When the Davids die, the man-child ministry is born. Amen. I dreamed, and I believe that this death, of course, is talking about a spiritual death to self in this revelation, and that's where David was when he was old in the former revelation. Okay? Uh, I dreamed that I and some of some UBM women were standing outside on a white patio, representing being founded on holiness. We were standing in a circle talking with each other on a sunny day, representing taking in the sun, S-U-N slash S-O-N, right? Winnie was there in this circle and was pregnant. Well, Winnie as opposed to Lucy, <laughs> represents those in the bride body who are winners or overcomers in order to give birth to the man-child Jesus. She was dressed in a white sleeveless sundress. There's a sundress representing righteous acts and works exposed to the sun, S-U-N slash S-O-N. Revelation 3 and 5. He that overcometh shall thus be arrayed in white garments, and I will in no wise blot his name out of the book of life, and I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Amen. Also, Revelation 19 and 7. Let us rejoice and be exceedingly glad, and we will give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And it was given her that she array herself in fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Amen. So, um, our works which we receive from the Lord as we walk by faith, uh, represent this this bright garment. And when he said something regarding how amazing it was that she was pregnant at her age, but I was thinking she was not too old. And then Merlene said that she was pregnant too. Well, the bride body, who are the first fruits to bring forth the man-child, is made up of many people, young and old. They're bringing forth the fruit of the man-child. Amen? Doesn't matter your physical age. And I remember thinking that was amazing because I have not known anyone pregnant at Merlin's age. Yep, it's something to take note of that this way we're all bringing forth the fruit of Jesus Christ. Okay? So this is representing like Sarah who bore the impossible fruit of the promised seed, Isaac, at the age of 90 <laughs> through the faith of Abraham, right? And even later, Abraham had children. So this was amazing, right? Well, it's, it points out the supernatural fruit that's coming forth in these days. And then I saw that a baby boy was born. It seemed that he came from both Merlene and Winnie. Yep, because the body is bringing forth this man-child, right? Out of the bride body. 
I no longer saw Winnie or Merlene, but only the baby. So we're no longer seen when our fruit of Christ is manifested. From then on, the Son is seen, right? And what does the world need to see? Us or Jesus? They need to see Jesus. Put the Word in your heart and be obedient and walk by faith and you will see everybody around you will see Jesus, right? There was a very small nurse standing to my left where Jesus placed the rebellious goats, by the way. Uh, immediately after the birth, she looked at the baby and said it was still born. Well, that's representing the bad report, doubt and unbelief, right? And even though the apostates look on the fruit um, and don't regard it as anything, it's because it's not to their liking. Neither was Jesus uh, to their liking, or is he today to their liking. And then I saw the baby move, and I said, No, he's alive. He's alive. Second <laughs> Corinthians two fourteen through 16, she gives it and says, But thanks to God, who always leads us in triumph in the Christ, and maketh manifest through us the savor of his knowledge in every place, we are a sweet savor of Christ to God in those being saved and in those perishing. To the one a savor from death unto death and to the other a savor from life unto life. And who is sufficient for these? Amen. So the baby was very big, like the size of a three-year-old child. He was also maturing quickly and started uh to talk, and even though he was just born. Well, when the man-child is born, he will mature very quickly, for he is born in the image of his father, right? Second Corinthians 3 and 18 shows us that. That's the gospel. You look in the mirror, and you see Jesus. It's no more I that live, it's Christ that lives in me, right? And after I woke up from this dream, I opened my Bible, and I saw this verse which I think is the meaning of this dream. It's Romans 6 and 22. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto sanctification and the end eternal life. Amen. Okay, just um, note this, that um, since the Davids are close to death, and Judas must come along to help him to his cross, right? This is not a physical death. Jesus suffered that uh, for Judas. This is a death to self. So the Lord sends the Judases to help out with this. This, this. this Judas process has been going on for some time and is near its end. And, of course, that's going to be a, a change, a quick change. So Bill Steenland on twelve five twenty two got this. It was a, a dream about Judas. Okay. I dreamed I was telling a group of people, one of you is a devil. <laughs> well, this is what Jesus said referring to Judas in John six uh seventy through seventy one. Jesus answered them, 
Did not I choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? Now he spake of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. In the dream I said it multiple times and emphasized the word is. I didn't know who the group of people were in the dream. So he said this, one of you is a devil several times, uh, is a devil several times. Well, we know the factious Judases become strangers and enemies to us when they are taken over by those spirits, as Judas was. The devil entered Judas, right? And Philippians three eighteen and 19 says, For many walk of whom I have told you often, and I tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, uh, whose end is perdition, and whose God is the belly, and whose glory is their shame, and who mind earthly things. <clears throat> and then Matthew Stewart got this on twelve eleven twenty two. Notice a bunch of uh, Judas uh, dreams here. One of you shall betray me, we called it. So in the dream, I was again that was twelve eleven twenty two. Uh, in the dream, I was in a room and David was sitting in the doorway. We've had other dreams of me uh, sitting and sleeping in the doorway, which is, of course, to protect the body on the inside from the wicked on the outside. And uh, uh, Jesus, in the man-child David reformers, is the door of the sheep. Amen. And behind him were standing two or three people, representing those who are mature in Christ. And uh, standing with David in the ministry, I would say, probably. One of whom was Michael Hare, but I can't recall who the others were. In the room were lots of kids of various ages. I believe indicating all of UBM, local and larger. Um, representing different maturity levels in Christ. Amen. Amen. And I was among the children, but I was a little, uh, a little older, and I was sitting along the wall along with some of the other kids across from David. So the older kids stay near the wall of sanctification, uh, which represents a separation from the world, right? The children who are younger are more worldly, but they grow up, and they're seen, of course, uh, by the Lord as, as righteous, because they're doing what they know to do. Then David said to us all, Do you know that part in the Bible where Jesus says, One of you shall betray me? And the kids answered, Yeah. Then David said, One of you shall betray me. Hmm. Matthew twenty six twenty through twenty five says, Now when even was come, he was sitting at meat with the twelve disciples. And as they were eating, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. 
And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and began to say unto him, uh, Every one, Is it I, Lord? Hmm. And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. And the Son of Man goeth, even as it is written of him. But woe unto that man through whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good were it for that man if he had not been born. And Judas, who betrayed him, answered and said, Is it I, Rabbi? And he saith unto him, Thou hast said. Hmm. I discerned that this event was not happened yet, has not happened yet, but it is a future time. Of course, I immediately thought, Is it me? (laughs) And then I saw a vision where it was just David. Well, uh, when Judas betrayed Jesus, Jesus was then all alone uh, because the enemy, you know, was taking him to his cross, right? And... uh, and this is the way it's been for me with all of these past Judases. Uh, to me, the thought of involving others with these vicious people causes them to turn on the innocent, right? Because they always attack anybody that's got any proof on them or has shown or had been a witness of their evil doings. They want to intimidate. They want them to be quiet. So, he said, I I didn't see that one coming. I guess my discernment for that is gone. Well, the last Judas that left made threats, but we haven't seen them come to pass. Uh, Backstabbers don't warn you. They shoot from darkness. But the Lord is coming like a lion, and we shall see that he will judge the wicked Edomites as the Lord did in Isaiah, right? So, then I woke up, he said. So, each one of these revelations, of course, points out different things that we need to know. Um, This one was given to Winnie Asageda, uh, 11-21-22, and uh, we called it The Backstabbers Feigned Repentance. Hmm. I dreamt that some of local UBM was helping a factious man move into an apartment on the first floor. Well, I think the ground floor represents dwelling on the earth and uh, not desiring to go higher with Christ. The, The last Judas was being helped into an apartment by us, but it didn't work out for him because... He didn't repent. He kept on doing things that were bad. We felt sorry for him. We had a warning he was going to die uh, in his vehicle, and so we took him in. So in this dream, um, he had a bald head, representing no submission to the Lord, since hair is a sign of submission in 1 Corinthians 11. It seemed that this factious man had repented 
and David was being kind in helping him out, giving him another chance and allowing him back into the fellowship. Well, here's the thing I've always held up to these folks, you know. True repentance and confession of sin is still the condition for governmental forgiveness in the church. This is a warning to hold fast to the conditions that none return to defile the body, right? I remember that others were kindly helping to move the man's stuff in. However, I kept feeling that something was not right and that this man's repentance was not sincere. I had a knowing that he would destroy the place when he left. Well, he left before he actually got moved in because of backstabbing. Mm -hmm. The factious demons in them always leave death and destruction in the lives of others in their wake. And it was with the disciples um, when Jesus was crucified through Judas, right? Amen. I noticed that he had a couple of black duffel bags full of knives. The knives had uh, white handles, but on them were etched something like uh, love and light. Well, you know in the old westerns, when you notch something on your handle, it means you, you've taken somebody out, right? <laughs> uh which might sound good to the undiscerning, but it's something uh, that New Agers say, and it's a false love and a false light. Yeah, they always say that. They always say they love you while they are stabbing you in the back, literally. And they don't seem to realize how hypocritical this is. It just doesn't phase them. They have no conscience left, right? Well, this is exactly, this was exactly fulfilled with the last Judas, and he left. He was caught stabbing in the back, going around two brethren and stabbing in the back, right? Romans sixteen seventeen and 18. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them that are causing the divisions and occasions of stumbling contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and turn away from them, for they are such they that are such serve not our Lord Christ, but their own belly. And by their smooth and fair speech, they beguile the hearts of the innocent. Yes, they are so smooth. But it is ridiculous. <laughs> so I remember saying, this person is not truly repentant. And then I woke up. Amen. Well, Tiana Fire, 12, 12, 22, received this, which we called Hidden Sins of the Judas Exposed. I dreamt that I was a part of a group of brethren in the United States, representing UBM, which is based in the United States. Okay, We all went to another country to set up a school and to tell everyone the real good news and to have a safe place for brethren to live. Well, I believe that this represents our missions, outreach, and the missionaries that supply our books and materials to the people in their respective countries. 
and preach the gospel to them and bring them into the kingdom. A wonderful revival. The uh, the group bought a giant set of buildings which looked like a boarding school. It was giant and spread out, and the buildings were yellow. Okay. And this is, I believe, representing the UBM headquarters that the Lord has promised us for the great revival of the end times. And it is yellow because we will spread the light of the sun, S-O-N slash S-U-N, everywhere. Amen. The buildings were located close to a beach on a small island but you could still access the mainland by boat. (laughs) This is so amazing. We were told by the Lord through dreams that this is how it's going to be. The beach represents, of course, Abraham's seed, which God promised would be as the sands of the sea. Yes, we are like a, we will be very shortly, like a boat in midst of waters. The main people we're trying to minister to were like islanders, people that didn't live in normal civilization but lived off the land. This kind of represents a people who are not exactly comfortable with the status quo, you know, and have become separate. But this also describes what the Lord has told us, that we will be separated from the rest of civilization, if you want to call it that, where many judgments will fall. I had, remember my vision in 2007 was exactly that. J- judgment falling all out, uh, beyond our border uh, and people were fleeing onto the land to be protected. So uh, we are living on a big boat in the land that will be separated by earthquakes. We've been told, and we see have seen the proof of this. So those who are here with us in the boat are the elect of God will uh, come into the kingdom. So we would go to little islands all around the place, and there were many that came to Jesus. So Jesus went to every city and preached, right? He went to the cities where God's people were and preached. And there was one woman that came to our Lord, and she was so on fire for our God that she was constantly out preaching and looking for lost brethren day and night, not worrying about basic needs. Well, we know that a body of Saul's will turn into Paul's and will seek diligently to prove themselves worthy of the kingdom by being great evangelists, right, and great teachers. Samuel and I went for a walk around some of the beaches on this island that the school was located on, and it was nighttime, and the moon was very bright. So the darkness can't stop the light, and everything in darkness gets brought into the light, as we will will see. We walked to this area on the beach, which was more secret uh, because there were large sand dunes. And as we 
We walked close to the water. From a distance, we saw a man lying down on his back in the water. But we couldn't quite recognize him, representing having his back to the word and in a backslidden state. We then saw another man walk towards him as if he had been waiting for him. It was made obvious that they were in a same-sex relationship. We saw the face of the man walking, and he was a man that was a part of the Christian group from the USA, uh, or UBM. And he had blonde hair. Well, many of the factious traitors have fallen into both bisexuality and homosexuality and other perversions because they judged people as sinners, and they were judged by God. If you're in sin and you judge others, you're doing something that's going to come back on you. And it does. It takes them out. They go become very corrupt very quickly, and their conscience is gone. Okay, The blonde hair seems to be a fake thing here because they don't, they don't uh, submit to the light of the sun. It was just found out now that he had his, this hidden sin. And well, this is why God turns them over to a reprobate mind. We can't hide our sins from God. He will expose them so that we can be cleansed or purged and, uh, and, and, if necessary, purged out of his body, right? Because the body uh, does not need that leaven. Psalm 90 and 8, Thou hast set at our iniquities before thee our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. Well, we would have never guessed that he was doing this evil behind our back. He seemed to love our Lord, but this was very unexpected. These two men didn't see us until we started to walk around them. The man we recognized yelled out to us in anger and frustration for being caught. (laughs) Believe it or not... (laughs) This is a really good example of exactly how they act. They are mad at you because you caught them. And they can't quit slandering you because you caught them. Their attacks are based on in pride and self-justification. Yeah. We didn't want to argue with them, so we just ran back to the school building. Well, Titus 3 9 through 11 says, But shun foolish questionings and genealogies and strifes and fightings about law, for they are unprofitable and vain. A factious man, after a first and second admonition, refuse, knowing that such a one is perverted and sinneth, being self-condemned. Yes. The man started chasing after us, yelling that if we tell anyone He will kill us. And he kept threatening and trying to put fear on us. Well, they love to threaten and intimidate, and they are stalkers, too. They send curses against all who are witnesses against them. Uh, I was stalked. 
you know, in a Walmart by a guy. I saw him in my mind's eye following me, and I heard his footsteps, which was impossible. But God does those kind of things, and he got caught stalking me. Uh, we ran straight to the buildings where some of the elder brethren were, and we told them that we saw what we saw and how the man was threatening us. Well, Matthew eighteen fifteen through 17 says, If thy brother sin against thee, has to be a sin. Now, you're not supposed to talk about your brother if it's not a sin, but if you catch him in a sin, here's the rules. If thy brother sin against thee, go show him his fault between thee and him alone. They always disobey this, always. They go straight to the body and tell as many people as they can to get them on their side. And, and if he hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he hear thee not, take with thee one or two more, that at the mouth of two witnesses or three every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. There's the third step, right? That's their first step. <laughs> and if he refuse to hear the church also, let him be unto thee as a Gentile and a publican. They said that they would confront the man about this hidden sin. So we stayed in a different room on the top of a two-story building for our safety. Yes, because whenever you point out this perversion to these people, um, they explode. <laughs> and they send curses to as many as they can. So we must take the high road here. In other words, go into this two-story building and obey the word represented by reloading, relocating to a higher level in the building. And this is where safety from temptation and our enemies is provided, right? So the next day, an elder's wife came to us and told us that they searched everywhere for the man and no one could find him. She also told us to stay hidden in groups of people for our safety. Yeah, they like to get somebody alone and so they can chew on their ear with some slander. And if you sit and listen to them, by the way, those demons will take you over like it took them over. So Proverbs 11 and 14 says, Where no wise guidance is, the people falleth. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So, of course, they were staying with uh, groups of people. There was a group meeting with everyone in the hall, so we joined them. And when we got down the stairs, there was a man waiting there with a cart that had our items in it. And it had my phone that I had dropped when uh, we were escaping the factious Judas. He told us he was delivering our stuff to us. So I picked up my phone and saw that I had a text from the man we had caught in sin. And the text was a threat to kill me for telling people about what we saw him doing. <laughs> they send uh, factious witchcraft spirits to spiritually kill those who are witnesses or dreamers who reveal their secret sins. And they do this regularly. But you know what? It's a test. But it's a test that when you obey the rules of the Word, like Matthew 18 and 15, um, 
or receiving not an accusation against an elder without two or three witnesses. When you obey the rules, you're, you're safe. You're safe. I then looked at the man holding the cart, and when seeing his face, I realized that he was the man we saw lying down in the water. This was my first time seeing him face to face. I ran over to the elder's wife and said, This is the man that we saw. Well, she refused to believe it because she she loved this man very much, and he helped out so much and had been with them for a long time. There's all kinds of fleshly reasons why people don't believe what you say about someone, even when you're a witness, right? So most of these people have rejection and fear of rejection, and like Judas, they hide their sins. But God reveals them every time. He revealed Judas, right? So we told her it was true, uh, but uh, she didn't want to hear it or believe it. So, well, I, believers don't want to believe things that are spoken against others. Um, they're actually supposed to wait till they get two or three witnesses anyway, but they don't want to believe evil against people. And it's kind of hard to believe that these people could be so quickly, totally turned over to Satan. But they find out it's the truth. So sooner or later it will be revealed to them. I felt that there is nothing else I can do except speak the truth, and then I woke up. Well, this was given to Gabby Dibble. On September of 2022, we called it a duty to expose Judas. I dreamed that I had to go undercover to hide my identity. I was posing as a man to sneak into a government to a government building. I didn't change up my look that much. It must have been the Lord hiding me because I still looked female. Well, we are to put on Christ and abide in Him in the secret place. Galatians 3 and 28 says, There can be neither Jew nor Greek. There can be neither bond nor free. There can be no male and female, for you are all one man in Christ Jesus. Amen. So that's our hiding place, right? The secret place of the Most High. Amen. I was inside the building heading for a specific room. I had a duty to expose something. Well, uh, we thought of Luke 17 and 3. If thy brother sin, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. I also had a child with me, and I was carrying them as I was walking calmly. And this represents our fruit in Christ Right, our fruit in Christ in us. Amen. I could hear a woman over the speaker announce that I wasn't who I said I was, but a poser undercover. Well, a slanderous, false accusation and blasphemy against the Holy Spirit it seems to be implied here, but these people always accuse you of what they themselves are guilty of. Always. We've seen it in the political world, too. They do the same thing. 
So I knew now I didn't have much time, and I continued to press on to the room I intended to go to for the exposure. Right. Then the scene changed. In other words, they don't want you to expose them. They'll do anything, throw out any threat to try to stop you from exposing them. But (laughs) the Lord said there's nothing hidden that it won't be revealed. It'll get done. Then the scene changed, and I was in the spirit. I saw this man who would travel every day on a school bus to a home nearby for some type of secret work. He and another man would have some kind of work exchange. That word is important here. For example, one provided the physical laboring and the other paid for it. I'm not sure if this was the exact scenario or if it was a trading and bartering situation. Well, our thought came that um, the laborer is the son of man and his life is being exchanged for the life of the Son of God. This man represents Jesus in the man-child body who traded or exchanged his life for ours. Uh, The secret work represents the mystery of Christ in us, our hope of glory. And the man rides a school bus because he teaches the children, the good news of the reconciliation, which means exchange. That's right. How neat. So this man that traveled on the bus got caught going to the other man's house. Many other men came into the school bus and began beating this man. Well, the factious Pharisees captured Jesus, beat him, and crucified him, beat his disciples later, you know, in the book of Acts, etc. Yeah. Because they too uh, were not only speaking truth, which was revealing these factious people, but um, it was convicting them and showing people who they were. So Luke twenty nine through 16 says, A man planted a vineyard and let it out to husbandmen and went into another country for a long time. And at the season he sent unto the husbandmen a servant that they should give him of the fruit of the vineyard. But the husbandmen beat him and sent him away empty. And he sent yet another servant, and him also they beat and handled him shamefully and sent him away empty. And he sent yet a third, and him also they wounded and cast him forth. And the Lord of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son, and it may be that they will reverence him. But when the husbandmen saw him, they reasoned one with another, saying, This is the heir. Let us kill him, that the inheritance may be ours. And they cast him forth out of the vineyard and killed him. What therefore will the Lord of the vineyard do unto them? He will come and destroy these husbandmen and will give the vineyard unto others, which he did. (laughs) Yep, so we're seeing the same scenario in these days. All right. 
A friend of his was a part of this group and betrayed him by joining in the beating. Another man that hit him didn't want to as they were also friends. Uh, I believe this friend was actually genuine as he didn't hit the man to kill him. Well, I believe this represents Judas and Peter. Both both betrayed the Lord, but Peter was able to be redeemed while Judas was reprobated. So some of the faction will return to us while the majority won't receive grace to be reconciled or exchanged, right? So the man ended up surviving the attacks. Well, this represents spiritual spiritual death and resurrection. Yes, those who are crucified in these days survive the attacks. The old man, the flesh dies, but they survive the attacks and uh, have a turnaround, basically, because they get more and more resurrection life. So Gabby Dibble got this on September 2022, a shift taking place. Okay, listen to this now. I had a dream that things were taking a shift. Yes, this is happening because after death, what can they do to you? <laughs> well, after resurrection, what can they do to you? Again, not nothing. Uh, I was standing outside with a group of people and they had an action plan and I felt I had no idea what any of them were talking about. These were not good people. I had no memory of what happened before this moment in the dream. I also didn't know who they were. Well, these are the factious Judases who have many plans of action, but the Lord will continue to foil, derail, and expose their plans. By the grace of God, uh, we were able to record their leader and his corruption and plans, and it's amazing. Okay, back to the parable. <laughs> All of them were talking in a circle, and a man harshly rebuked me, but it didn't seem to be accurate. I don't remember what he rebuked me for, but it caused me to cry. Well, I believe this represents persecution and slander that are based on false charges. Okay. They were about to leave this location to pursue their action plan. I was still confused on what they were doing and where they were going. Well, we have the renewed mind of Christ and, and not unregenerate evil minds, so it's hard for us to relate to evil people with evil intentions. All I knew was that their plan seemed urgent to them. In other words, they were in a hurry to earn their 30 pieces of silver. <laughs> That's what came to me when I got to that point. They were going to take three trucks, and I asked the first two drivers of the trucks if I could ride with them, and there wasn't a space. The last vehicle was driven by the man who rebuked me harshly. And I had such an off feeling about it all, I ended up not going with them. Yeah. Well, it reminded us of this, Proverbs 1, 
10 through 19. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, Come with us, and let us lay wait for blood, let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as Sheol, as as whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. They're great thieves, too, by the way. Uh, Thou shalt cast thy lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path, which he did. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is the net spread in the sight of any bird. And these lay wait for their own blood. They don't understand that the curses that they send out come back on them. Right? So they lurk privily for their own lives. Notice that. So are the ways of every one that is greedy of gain. It taketh away the life of the owners thereof. Okay, this was Teren Ezel twelve twelve twenty two. The lion is released. Oh, this is cool. I had a vision while listening to the song Let It Rain in our praise and worship meeting. Well, that's a symbol of God pouring out His Holy Spirit with power and signs, as we are seeing, by the way. Uh, In the vision, the throne of God was there, and there was light everywhere. There was a huge lion next to the Lord on His right side, and I was looking straight at them. Well, the lion, I believe, represents Jesus And the Lord, of course, is the Lord of Lords, the Father. So, representing Jesus, the Lion of Judah, and He is not coming as a lamb, but as a lion. Remember, He came as a lamb, and He was sacrificed by a Judas, right? Yeah. The floor was a blackish-gray color with a shiny resin or epoxy on it where I could see a reflection of all the light surrounding the Lord. And Revelation 4 and 6 says, And before the throne, as it were, a sea of glass, like unto crystal. So it was so shiny, it reflected all of the light of the Lord. Amen. The Lord gave the lion a nod. Like, go ahead. (laughs) Well, you know, the angels told us that the Son is waiting for the Father's command. And he was referring to Jesus' return in the man-child. So, meaning it's time for the lion to go forth and conquer his enemies. That's what this nod meant. Then I saw Satan standing behind me in a huge pit behind him. The lion was calm, but then became enraged when it saw Satan, who appeared as a dark figure in this vision. 
Well, Zechariah 3 and 1 says, And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to be his adversary or accuser. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuked thee, O Satan, yea, the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem, that's the bride, rebuked thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Uh huh. Devil, you can't do anything to them. They've been plucked out of the fire, right? So the Lord spoke into my mind and said, The lion is angry that the dark figure, Satan, is the one who made him how he is. Which is what? An angry lion. Why is the Lord coming back as an angry lion? Because of what Satan has done. The lion was thrashing around on the chain like an angry dog or on a leash, ready to kill. Well, Isaiah 31 and 4 says, For thus saith the Lord unto me, as the lion and the young lion growling over its prey, so will the Lord of hosts come down to fight upon Mount Zion and upon the hill thereof. Amen. As the lion was showing his teeth and growling, the Lord unhooked the leash from his collar and loosed the lion. So the Father is sending the Son as a lion. Uh, the stone that the builders rejected had become the head of the corner. Those that they persecuted when they killed Jesus, they didn't realize he was going to be their judge. And so it is with the man-child. The lion gained traction quickly. In other words, he was digging in, going after Satan, right? He gained traction quickly and ran past me, jumped up, and tackled Satan with his claws around his neck. And with all of his might, they both ended up in the pit. So the Lord will do a quick work upon his enemies, taking them to the pit. It's important to note that the last Judas, who tried to usurp the kingdom from the aged David, was killed by Solomon, who was given the kingdom before David died. Hmm. I asked the Lord to confirm if this was from Him or not to make sure it was not just my imagination. I asked Him for a, a reference to the word lion in the next song at the praise meeting. So that was her uh, confirmation, if this was real. So we sang Psalm 34 by the Brooklyn Tabernacle. In the lyrics of the song, there was no mention of a lion, so I thought, maybe it was just my imagination. But when I got home, the Lord led me to look up Psalm 34, and lo and behold, there was the mention of a lion. It hadn't been in the song lyrics, but I had only asked the Lord for the word lion in the next song. So, here is the context of the Scripture. 
Psalm 34, 8 through 10. Taste and see how good the Lord is. The one who takes refuge in Him is truly happy. You who are the Lord's holy ones, honor Him, because those who honor Him don't lack a thing. Even strong young lions go without and get hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Well, we got a lion, and he's getting ready to take out our enemies. Praise be to God. I also used a an image generator to generate an image from the words, and it gave me a few images based on this vision. And I'll add those as well. Yeah, so uh, I thought it was just really awesome to be shown that vision. And here's a, a vision, of course, of the image generator of the lion at the... Um, at the command of uh, what would probably be the father here um, to go after Satan. And a vision of her standing there in front of the lion. And here's another one. And uh, the king is sitting upon the throne and the lion is uh, on his chain. He is restrained. But the Lord is going to say, Go get them. So, let me note that um, the dragon in Revelation 12 is the body of Satan, we're told there. The dragon was also the symbol of Babylon. The deep state are Satanists and Judases to their brethren. The lion is coming to do what the alliance alone is not capable of. And I've been saying this for a while, uh, which is to destroy Satan's kingdom in Babylon. So from here, we will see this scenario worked out. Okay. Um, The Lord is going to come as a mighty man. Okay. The alliance will not be able to finish off the deep state. Their successes so far have been because the bride, like Esther, was given authority over Haman and his army. But the Lord is coming as a mighty man in the man-child to bring them down. Like Mordecai, meaning little man or man-child, was given the ring of authority by the king of kings to lead the bride to victory. Right? Psalm seventy-eight sixty-five says, Then the Lord awakened as one out of sleep, like a mighty man. <laughs> well, the Lord is coming in a mighty man. He's mighty because the Lord is coming in him. Right? A mighty man that shouteth by reason of wine, and he smote his adversaries backwards. He put them to a perpetual reproach. And we've received this many times by faith at random. And the Lord is coming in his David mighty man to finish off Babylon's deep state. Psalm 89, 19 through 23. Then thou spakest in vision to thy saints and saidest, I have laid help upon one that is mighty. There's the mighty one again, right? A mighty one, mighty man, 
the the David Manchild Reformers. I have uh, exalted one chosen out of the people. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil have I anointed him, with whom my hand shall be established. Mine arm also shall strengthen him. Well, we know that the arm of the Lord in Isaiah 53 is Jesus, who we see here strengthening the Davids. The enemy shall not exact from him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. We just got this this morning, too. That's amazing. And I will beat down his adversaries before him and smite them that hate him. Well, when David was anointed, he beat down the factious Edomites, which we have in church and state now. Isaiah fifty two eleven through fifty three one, depart ye, depart ye, go ye out from thence. Touch no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her. Cleanse yourselves, you that bear the vessels of the Lord, for you shall not go out in haste. Neither shall you go by flight, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rearward. He's telling us to come out from the beast, right? Come out from Babylon. Come out from Egypt. Come out, right? Behold, my servant shall deal wisely. He shall be exalted and lifted up and shall be very high, like as many were astonished at thee. Notice that right there. My servant shall deal wisely, like as many were astonished at thee. Who Who is just like thee here? <clears throat> the man-child Davids, just like Jesus, were character assassinated, lied about, slandered, spiritually murdered, as his story repeats. That's a play on words. History. His story repeats. Both are defaced, as the rest of this verse says. His visage was so marred more than any man. So he's comparing Jesus, like as they were astonished at thee, to the man-child, the servant who is dealing wisely. Okay? His visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. We call this character assassination. Uh, Making a vision of you that is not you. Distorting what the truth is about you, right? So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him. For that which had not been told them shall they see, and that which they had not heard shall they understand. And then Isaiah 53 and 1, Who hath believed our message? To whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Well, the arm of the Lord is about to be revealed again. Jesus in the man-child. He's going to go forth and do what Jesus did the first time in his individual body, right? So we see that there were two manifestations of Jesus here. First, we see that history or his story has to repeat according to the Word of God. Ecclesiastes 1, 9 through 12. 
That which hath been is that which shall be, and that which hath been done is that which shall be done. There is no new thing under the sun. Is there a thing whereof it may be said, See, this is new? It hath been long ago in the ages which were before us. So everything that happened back in the time of Jesus is happening again on a larger scale. Because it has to, because now the church is worldwide, not just a little Middle Eastern nation, right? There is no remembrance of the former generations. People don't remember that, hey, the parable is back there. There's the prophecy right there. It's going to happen again. Neither shall there be any remembrance of the latter generations. There's the two right there, the former generation, Jesus, the latter generation, Jesus, and the man-child. So, that are to come, the latter generations that are to come, among those that shall come after. And I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. Ooh, now we can see that Jesus, the former generation, will be repeated by Jesus in the man-child body of the latter generation at the latter reign. And the preacher here was Solomon, the anointed Solomon. Okay, who took the throne of David. Amen. Notice that uh, once again, there were two. Jesus, as a history repeats on a larger scale, Jesus in the man-child body, which will cover the earth and be over multitudes of the living. Ecclesiastes 4 and 14. For out of prison he came forth to be king. Yea, even in his kingdom he was born poor. This, of course, was Jesus. And I saw all the living that walk under the sun. Here's the, here's the, we saw the former generation, now we're looking at the latter generation. I saw all the living that walk under the sun, that they were with the youth, the second that stood up in his stead. There's the second. So this is the man-child body of reformers who will be over all the living on the earth. They are the Son of Man in whom the Son of God lives by His Word and by His Spirit. And there was no end of all the people, even all of them, over whom He was. Yet they that come after shall not rejoice in Him. Surely this also is vanity and a striving after wind. Wow. So the mighty one will come to judge his enemies in church and state. And as a refiner or reformer to the church all over the earth. Isaiah 1, 24-26 says, Therefore saith the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, ah, I will ease me of mine adversaries and avenge me of mine enemies, and I will turn my hand upon thee and thoroughly purge away thy dross and will take away all thy tin, and I will restore thy judges as at the first. Yeah, like Jesus and the disciples, right? And thy counselors as at the beginning. Afterward thou shalt be called, 
the city of righteousness, a faithful town. And Malachi 3 and 1 says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Wow! At this time, the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem is the man-child, the body of reformers. His life is resurrected in them. And the messenger of the covenant whom you desire, behold, he cometh, saith the Lord of hosts. But who can abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like a fuller's soap. And he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi. That's the priests. We are a kingdom of priests, do you know? And refine them as gold and silver, and they shall offer unto the Lord offerings in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord. Okay, praise God. The man-child's coming to refine. Jesus is coming to refine in the man-child, right? As in the days of old, they will be refined as in the days of old, and as in ancient years. And I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the witchcraft, same word here for sorcerers, witchcraft, and against the adulterers, mm-hmm, and against the false swearers, mm-hmm, and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages the widow, the fatherless, and that turn aside the sojourner from his right. And fear not me, says the Lord. The Lord is coming to judge. He's coming as a lion, not as a lamb. Isaiah forty ten through 11 Behold, the Lord will come as a mighty one, and his arm will rule for him. That's Jesus in the man-child body. Behold, his reward is with them. So they will choose the bride as Jesus did at that time, you know, in the, in the type back there. But it's going to be fulfilled in this time. We'll choose the bride as Jesus did. And his recompense before him, meaning he will judge the factions in church and state. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. In other words, he will shepherd his sheep, and all of this will be worldwide. He will gather the lambs in his arm and and carry them in his bosom and will gently lead those that have their young. And Isaiah 42, 13 through 18 says this, The Lord will go forth as a mighty man. A mighty man? Yes. Jesus is coming as a lion in the man-child body to destroy the the factious enemies in church and state. He's coming as a mighty man. He came as a mighty man the first time, right? A mighty man. The Son of God in the Son of Man. 
He will stir up his zeal like a man of war. He will cry, yea, he will shout aloud. He will do mightily against his enemies. I have long time holding my peace, he said, right? I have been still and refrained myself. Now will I cry out like a travailing woman. So the lion has been loosed. The father has sent the son, right? Like a travailing woman? Yeah, the Lord will come as the man-child ministry is birthed from the travailing woman in Revelation 12. I will gasp and pant together. I will lay waste mountains and hills and dry up all their herbs, and I will make the rivers islands, and I will dry up the pools. And I will bring the blind by a way that they know not. No, they haven't been traveling in the way. The way is the steps of Jesus, right? Jesus will come in the man-child body to set the captives free for uh, their dead religious ways as Jesus did in Isaiah 61, right? He came and set those captives free, those disciples that followed him out of that Babylonish religion in that day, right? In paths that they know not will I lead them. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things will I do and I will not forsake them. They shall be turned back. They shall be utterly put to shame that trust in graven images, that say unto molten images, You are our gods. Hear ye deaf, and look ye blind, that you may see. Amen. Praise God. He's going to open the eyes of those people you have tried to get the gospel into. I'm talking about religious people stuck in their old dead ways, right? Jeremiah twenty, ten through 13 For I have heard the defaming of many, terror on every side. Denounce, and we will denounce him, say all my familiar friends. They that watch for my fall, peradventure he will be persuaded, and we shall prevail against him, and we shall take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty one. And a terrible. So the mighty one in Jeremiah was a type of the man-child in whom Jesus lives by his word and by his spirit, that anointing, right? Therefore my persecutors shall stumble and they shall not prevail. They shall be utterly put to shame because they have not dealt wisely even with an everlasting dishonor which shall never be forgotten. But, O Lord of hosts, that triest the righteous, that seest the heart and the mind, let me see thy vengeance upon them, for unto thee have I revealed my cause. Sing unto the Lord, praise ye the Lord, for he hath delivered the soul of the needy from the hand of evildoers. Amen. And Acts 3 and 20 through 23 says, And that he may send the Christ who hath been appointed for you, even Jesus, whom the heaven must receive until the times of the restoration 
of all things. And things here is italicized for a good purpose. It has no numeric pattern in it, um, and as the numeric New Testament shows. And this is because the people were restored, not all things, whom the heaven must receive until the times of the restoration of all. Okay, all of the elect. Okay. Whereof God spake by the mouth of his holy prophets that have been from of old. So this restoration happened to Moses and the people who came out of Egypt. For there was not one feeble one among them, the Bible said. We are about to come out of Egypt and go through the wilderness, which is the tribulation. From then until Moses was 120, he had perfect health and strength. Deuteronomy 34 and 7 says that Moses was 120 years old when he died, and his eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. Wow, that's some restoration. Like Abraham and Sarah had some restoration, right? So, Jesus is coming again in a body of spiritual Davids to bring his restoration and close the Red Sea on Pharaoh's army so that we can go into the wilderness tribulation and see the guidance and the miraculous provision that God has made for us. Amen. Ooh, this is going to be so good. And, uh, Verse 22, Moses indeed said, A prophet shall the Lord God raise up unto me from among your brethren, like unto me. To him shall you hearken in all things, whatsoever he shall speak unto you. And it shall be that every soul that shall not hearken to that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Hmm. So those who do not listen to Jesus in his first body were destroyed by the beast in 70 A.D. And while the saints escaped to the mountains, by the way, and those who do not listen to Jesus in his end-time body will be destroyed also for his story or history will repeat as we have seen. Amen. So, in Jesus' first body, um, he was crucified by the factious leaders, and his flesh died, but he was caught up to the throne. So, it will be in the second larger body. This crucifixion and death of the flesh is almost complete, and then we will see Jesus' ministry again all over the world. Quite a turnaround, wouldn't you think? Yeah, for the bride, for the man-child, and then for the church. Quite a turnaround. Revelation 12, 1 through 6 says, And a great sign was seen in heaven, a woman, that's the church, arrayed with the sun, clothed with the sun, right? Uh, in other words, put on the Jesus Christ and his works, right? And the moon under her feet, Reflecting the light of the sun, right? 
and upon her head a crown of twelve stars, in other words, with the inheritance of the original twelve apostles that was passed on down to us, and all of this is her position given to her by the sacrifice of Jesus and not what she has attained to at that particular time, right? But that's the position. This is what's been given to us, right? And she was with child, and she crieth out, travailing in birth and in pain to be delivered. And there was seen another sign in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his head seven diadems, or crowns. So this is the worldwide body of the dragon, coming against first the man-child, then the woman, etc. And his tail draweth a third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. In other words, he had some success in removing some impurity from the body. This is, this is the great falling away. And this was uh, not what people say the angels falling away. This is false. It was Abraham's seed falling away as the stars of heaven, it said. God identified who these were. And the dragon standeth before the woman that's about to be delivered, that when she is delivered he may devour her child. And she was delivered of a son, a man-child, who is to rule all the nations with the rod of iron. By the way, this promise was given to the overcomers in Revelation 2, 26 and 27. People say, oh, that's got to be Jesus. Well, it is Jesus. It's Jesus in the overcomers. Because these are people that will rule all nations with the rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and unto his throne, and the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God, that there they may nourish her. Who is they? Those who are caught up to the throne. And Jesus in the man-child nourishes the woman in the wilderness for three and a half years, just as Jesus did in his first body. It's a repeat of history. A thousand two hundred and three score days. There's that three and a half years. Wow. This is such an awesome story. Uh, a great turnaround is coming uh, for the man child, for the bride, and eventually in the tribulation for the church. A turnaround. Because when we come under God's true word, his true gospel, uh, we become the people He called us to be. And when that happens, you're not under any curse anymore. There's no need for any more crucifixion on you. The beast will be against the woman in the wilderness in order to crucify that flesh which needs to die. But when you come to the place where you're dead, you don't need the beast anymore. Now, for the man-child and the bride, Jesus is coming like a lion to destroy this enemy because he's not needed anymore. Amen. So here we are at this wonderful turnaround, I will call it. Well, Lord, we thank you so much for this revelation. I pray that all those that don't understand these things will go back and listen to this again and even look at the text that we've provided so that people can do that. 
And Lord, thank you so much, Father, for doing this. Thank you for this miraculous turnaround for the man, child, and bride who will then be prepared to bring the woman through the wilderness. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. So God bless you, saints. We'll do this again sometime. Amen. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. My thirsting soul, purest water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus. I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus.